0: to the Sunny Show
1: with Nicolette and Brian. We'll get real deep with you, educating,
0: inspiring, and solving problems with some of the most inspirational humans on the planet. Buckle up and come on the journey.
2: I'm excited. All right, guys, I'm Nicolette. And today, Brian and I are here with Jillian Rothschild Scholar. She is a feng shui expert, and she is here to talk to us today a little bit about balance in all areas of our life. So thank you very much for joining us, Jillian. Thanks for I having really me. Really appreciate it. All right, so kick us off. Tell us how exactly did you get into feng shui? Maybe for those who don't Wait, know, what do you-
1: is feng shui? Well, yeah, that's what I mean. that. for
2: those who don't know, <laughs> why don't you tell us what feng shui is before we even get there?
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, to me, feng shui is a support system for our lives. Feng shui is the ancient Chinese art and science that allows us to create harmony and balance within any environment. So when we have an environment that is harmonious and balanced, it lends support to our lives. When our lives have support through our physical environment, it's just easier to achieve the things that we want in life, like well being, abundance, love, and happiness. So what that means is that you have the ability to control how supportive and nurturing your environment is in creating the life that you want right now. And that's what I do with my clients. I help people who are feeling like Things are a little bit off in their lives and they're maybe they have a big unanswered life question or they just, something isn't right and they can't seem to get where they're going and they're looking for someone that they can trust to give them some clarity so they can confidently move forward. Typically, I work with ambitious people, business people, or it um, doesn't have to be someone in business, but someone who is ambitious, has a goal, wants to get somewhere, is right. feeling like things aren't going their way. and. Right and they're willing to do what it takes to get into better alignment so they can go achieve their goals a little faster. Mm -hmm. So what inspired you to kind of get into this? I was a little bit of a weird kid. (laughs) (laughs) I was always a little bit of a weird kid into anything else. I could get myself like tarot cards and horoscopes and whatever I could get myself into. And then after college, I went through like this self-help phase where I read every self-help book that I could get my hands on. And I started getting into Reiki and, um, alternative energy. And I had read a few feng shui books and moved around a lot in my twenties. And I was with a company and they moved me out here to where I live now in Phoenix. And I thought that everything was going great in the company. And very shortly after we bought our house here, everything fell apart in the company. Um, For a long list of reasons in hindsight that I know now, but at the time Mm. I was like, what is happening? Everything was going great. They moved me across the country and I get into this house and everything just went to poopy Mm -hmm. and um, I couldn't figure out what was going on. And after the dust settled, I kind of looked around and I was like, I wonder if it's the house. And so I, I called a feng shui practitioner and I did everything that she told me to do. And and it sort of felt like the pieces came together like a zipper. So it was like, and then everything kind of clicked. And I was like, "This is amazing." I was like, "If I can do this, anybody can do this." And so I really just was like, "This is where my heart is." And I started studying and I started practicing and studying and practicing and mm-hmm. built over a decade, of, you know, sort of small business. And um, and I was still working a day job at the time, mm-hmm. and I was like, "Gonna stay there for another decade after that." because mm-hmm. I, I did really well in the job. Like the feng shui helped me do really well in my job. I was making good money. We were happy. Mm-hmm. Things were going along really, really well. And then as if, and I sort of saw this coming down the pipeline because of the work I do, but I saw that like, there was going to be a change. And as if on cue one day, the whole building was laid off. It wasn't like I got fired just because of me, but everybody got laid off and, you know, people were crying and they were really upset. And I was like, it's my day. Like I get to go do my, what I love. And so, <laughs> that's how and since so i'm doing feng shui full time
1: so most people think of feng shui as like move my furniture around my room and orient things right <laughs> but you're right that's that's sort of my understanding of it right but you're talking about it's really more that's setting it's sort of like setting this mindset to be in a correct place
0: mindset is certainly one component of it and your intention behind what you do is significant however classical feng shui which is what i practice and i started with more western feng shui and black hat tibetan feng shui uh Mm. which is known as btb um that's really where i started and i i really felt like there was i was having a hunger for more like this cannot be everything that there is like i just didn't understand like the idea that you need tchotchkes and, and trinkets and things to have good feng shui. That didn't really make sense to me. Mm-hmm. And what I found is that the energy didn't really hold. That's the only way I can explain it for my own, my own experiences. I felt like I was sort of going back all the time and trying to fix things. And mm-hmm. I was a little bit impatient with that. <laughs> so uh, that's when I got into classical feng shui because I was like, this is an ancient practice. This cannot be about a frog at right. your door with a coin in its mouth mm-hmm. to tell you that money mm-hmm. is going to come. And Mm. so that's what got me to understand that there is a whole other world of understanding about how energy flows, how we get into sort of good energy spots in order to thrive. Mm. And when you think about it, Chinese ancients didn't have, we didn't have technology, right? All they had to do was to observe the world and figure out how to thrive and figure out how to live the best life. And so we're talking about hundreds of years of diagnostic sort of recordings where you go if I live on this side of the mountain then it's going to be windy and if I live on this side of the mountain then it's going to be Mm -hmm. not so windy and oh there's a river here and maybe my crops will do really well and -hmm. and, oh I'm healthier over here and so all of these things come together to understand that the land the form of the land is impactful for how um, to how we live and so now in modern feng shui we're taking these very basic important Mm -hmm. concepts and applying them to highways and roads and skyscrapers and big buildings and single family homes and planned communities. And so we're applying these
1: concepts in a more modern way. Right. So, okay. So, can a place have really good feng shui, right? You find that nice, ma- nice side of the mountain with the river, and all of a sudden, other people come and crap up the feng shui, the <laughs> the right? Like, you got like your thing going on, and then, or, or is it once you got your thing going on, you're okay? Do you get where I'm going? Because if you think about modern civilization, like you're saying, you know, people have gone and okay, now they do it sort of just inside their homes, not in the external environment a lot of times, or maybe it's on their property, but you get my point. But how important is is it for the feng shui to be outside of your individual realm in some ways
0: so the feng shui that i practice incorporates the in physical environment the timing and the people so what you're talking about your question is like how do the people get involved Mm -hmm. the energy that i carry and the energy that you carry and the energy that somebody else carries is going to be very different based on when you're born so one of the things that i do in my practice is chinese astrology which is known Mm -hmm. as the four pillars of destiny which maps out based on when you're born your own personal energy. And so this is why I can do really well in my house because my house is attuned to me for my particular energy pattern and somebody new can, I can sell my house and somebody new can come in and not do as well because it might not fit for them for a long list of reasons. Mm -hmm. Um, Even though the house could have really good feng shui and they could do moderately well, but if they were more, more aligned with it, they could get into a slipstream and they could do really, really well. So this is why the people component is really key. Um, Mm -hmm. How we bring the energy in from the outside is one piece, and then what we do with the inside and how our personal energy mingles with that is also really important.
1: Okay, did I so could that question this be- for you. It, it actually, it actually did. Yes. Okay.
2: <laughs> so could this be something as simple as like a garbage pail placement, like changing your life? Is that like, is that kind of like along the concept? Because I'm thinking about how like just moving now i've just moved and my my garbage pail is now in a drawer under my sink and and it's like changed it's life changing like i know it sounds so small but like simple changes have made my life easier because i no longer have to walk across a kitchen to put something in the trash can in a place where it really doesn't belong and then it smells and there's just this, this whole thing
0: and yeah. it's like all these factors then sure. so could it be something that small um in, in my experience, what you're talking about is something that is much more about convenience and psychology and the feeling of how chi flows in an environment is important, right? That's one component. <clears throat> Everybody in feng shui always wants the whole enchilada. This is what my teacher mm-hmm. used to say. Everyone wants the whole enchilada with feng shui. But really, sometimes all you get are the nachos. And the nachos <laughs> are like your front door, your okay. bedroom, your office, your stove. So your kitchen is super important. Okay. Um and like a bed placement. And also where I live, a swimming pool is a water activator. And so that's hugely important. So what you're talking about is a small component and it can make a difference in terms of convenience and how the chi flows and how it feels and you yeah, don't have to stinky, it smells. And mm-hmm. that is all important. But I, in my practice, that is going to be sort of small piece of the puzzle when I compare to these larger nachos of mm-hmm. if I have four bedrooms and I'm sick, like people come for feng shui for three, really three main things, health, wealth, and relationships. And if I'm really sick, like I'm dealing with a major health issue and I'm sleeping in a room that is not supportive to me, then, and I have other options. And part of what I'm going to do is say, let's get you into a room so you can really heal so that you can be in one of the energy hotspots of your house so that you can be nurtured and supported this, the whole concept of feng shui. I like to talk about it like a Wi-Fi device, right? So if you have a big house and you have a Wi-Fi router some parts of the house may not have a strong signal. So if you are working from home, you are going to go to the part of the house when you have a big you know, meeting to go to, you're going to go to the part of the house where the Wi-Fi signal is the strongest. You can rely on it. You can feel confident in your, your presentation, and you don't have to worry about things going wrong. This is the same thing with feng shui. We want to find the energy hotspots in your house and get you to use them more often, align with them so that you can get where you're going a little faster.
1: So how, how do you find those energy? Yeah, that was my
2: question
0: too. You, Brian. <laughs> Well, the secrets,
1: yeah. And do they necessarily be in be in your house? Like, can they be like in your garden or in you know?
0: There's you know, so that's a two part question. So, part okay. the, <laughs> so the answer is, energy hotspots can absolutely be in the exterior, right? So, feng shui stands for wind, water, mm-hmm. and the the common poem goes something like this: feng shui. Chi rides on the wind and it stops at the boundary of water and it collects. And so if you have a a large body of water, like a pool or a large fountain, I don't mean like a desktop fountain with a cup of water. I mean like 50 or 60 gallons of water for a fountain, then that is considered an energy activator. And there are some rules about where water can properly be placed in order for the Chi to activate properly. So the exterior is absolutely important. And then on the interior What I'm doing is with classical feng shui is I'm using a very specific direction. So um, I'm taking a measurement using a compass, a a fancy schmancy compass called a low pan. And it takes a very specific direction of the actual um, direction or angle that the home is placed in relationship to the physical surroundings. Mm -hmm. And that gives us an audit, an energy audit map of where the energy is laid out in the space. And when we know that, then I can identify the hot spots in the house and match your energy as a person, and pick the right timing to do things. And when you do that, it's sort of like a circuit and everything just kind of like lights up. That's how, that's the short version of how it works. Oh, yeah. We're not talking about coins on a string, or frogs, or you know.
2: What's up with this frog? This is the second time. What am I missing?
0: What's with the frog? Know. I So uh, it, it looks like this metal frog. It's like missing a leg, It's sitting on a pile of coins. <laughs> And it, it's eating it's eating a coin like it, in ancient China th- these these sort of objects were considered artistic and they were made of the element that is needed in order to make a cure or a correction, oh. but and it would have been made out of something like high quality like gold or silver or sort of high brass some kind of high quality metal to activate a specific formula in feng shui but now it's become this like decorative version of that it's like made of like mass produced and you know made of resin or plastic and and someone and the person that's making money is the person that told you that this will bring you luck Right. (laughs) feng shui is so much more than the money tree being in the money corner and Mm. and for me i tried that like i i had a money tree in the money corner for a long time and, and it only worked for a certain period until I realized that like big fortune 500 companies all over the world are using feng shui and they don't have massive trees in the corner of their building and or they're not and placing mirrors on the top of their building to like, you know, reflect negative com- competitors and evil spirits. <laughs> like, can you imagine seeing a bank in Hong Kong with a bagua mirror on the front? Like that's not what they do. Mm-hmm. And and I'm thinking, well, if it's good enough for them, it's gotta be good enough for me. Like I can I can do this. Right. You know it's a bad
2: sign when your money tree dies, like mine does. <laughs> that's gotta be a bad thing, right?
0: <laughs> it there's so my business is called feng shui in motion. And the reason that I named it that, and I thought it was being clever at the time, was because energy is always moving, right? And mm-hmm. feng shui, the timing of energy is really important. So energy moves at a year, month, day, and hour in terms of timing. And it moves in a very predictable and very specific pattern. And when you know what that is, you can sort of understand why one year your, your money tree is doing really well. And the next year, even though you didn't change a darn thing, like it's just falling to pieces. And it could be because a sickness star or a negative energy star that does not does not harmonize with wood element came to make it sick or chop it down or you know, whatever the mm-hmm. analogy is, and so then all of a sudden your your plants don't grow, or you could just not have a green thumb. Like I don't have a green thumb. I live in the desert and I have like one.
1: <laughs> yeah,
0: I've got a cactus.
1: Come, Come over like, here. I've have, I've have plants that are eighty, hundred years old in my yard.
0: That's awesome. <laughs> then you have then good for you because oh, i I
1: never even heard of this thing. I'm getting one. I'm one. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm joking.
2: <laughs> okay, so tell us, give us some examples of how. Um, how some of your clients have improved their life, their lives by implementing this practice.
0: Sure. So I like to say that I don't get the easy stuff, right? So people are people who call me and say, Oh, I want you to come function in my house. They might be thinking that I'm going to come in and say, if you put green curtains up over here, then your life is going to change. And that's really not the kind of work that I do. So the work that I do is more work with energetics. The aesthetics is really important. My perspective is that your house should not look like a Chinese antique store, your house should look like your home and be beautiful to you and be appealing to you and things that you love. Um, and one way to start with that is to empty out the things that you don't love. So in feng shui, it's not like the cup is half empty or half full. Like that's concept is not really what it's about. It's really about emptiness versus fullness. So you need to start with an empty cup. So that's mm-hmm. one component. And when people call me, they're calling me usually for big issues. They're calling me for significant financial challenges, big relationship issues, significant health things. Usually people are not calling me going, tell me what's wrong with my house so that I can have a better life. People are usually calling with a goal. If you have a goal in mind and you have something that you're working toward, then we can fine tune these really advanced formulas to be more effective. And so when people are calling me, they're calling me because they, just as an example, I have a a very loyal client who called me after he was divorced and was living in a house um, trying to sort of make things work with his two kids and has a business on the side and wants to grow his business, and feeling like, I don't know if I should stay in this house or if this, you know, I've heard about feng shui and I've done some reading and I did some books and I don't, I'm confused. And so trying to figure out if they should invest in the house or if, you know, they should do something else to, to have more support. And I had a long conversation with this client who I love. And I went into the house, and even though his business was about, Um, flooring. Mm. He had not a stitch of flooring on his house anywhere. The whole thing was like concrete slab. And so he was really in a place where he was so paralyzed and feeling so stuck, he couldn't even put anything on the floor. And so getting him to understand where the energy hotspots in the house were, why the house was working for him or wasn't working for him, helped him understand that this was not worth spending $50,000 to improve this house. Let's get this staged and set up for sale. So I helped him do a few things to get the house ready for sale. He sold the house, helped him buy a new one, super happy in a new relationship, changed his business location, now doing franchise stuff, like super amazing things. And that was years ago. Then I can have people like in the pandemic who are going, I I want to advance. I know I can do this during the pandemic. I'm staying home. I'm working from home. What can I do? Find out very quickly by going to the home that you're sitting in the wrong room you're you're not using the right space in your house to build your business this door is not helping you let's change a few things and gets into a slipstream and is now making more money than has he's ever made in his business before and it can happen in a very short period of time it's a little bit like a rubber band so like when things are really really stretched and you get it right and it snaps things sort of click into place so sometimes it, i call it a kick when things are really bad then you get into the slipstream and it feels like you've just been kicked into motion um, because all of a sudden the obstacles aren't there anymore. And these are people who are active co-creators. They're doing all the uh, their own work, right? They're doing all the emotional, the mental, the, the, they're, you know, they're doing the marketing, the branding, they're doing all the things that they need to do. That's, because that's not my job. My job is to help you get into the good energetic slipstream right. and then they can continue forward when that, when their energy blocks aren't there anymore if that makes any sense. And people who I've worked with, people who are hoarders, I have a couple clients who, oh my God, have so much stuff (laughs) and just need to get that cleared. And then as soon as that is cleared, then they can go, okay, now that this is cleared, I can move forward. Hmm. I also worked with a woman who's extremely resistant. I mean, she called me and said, I want, you know, I want to do this. And I get in there and bless her heart, I said, okay, these are the 10 things we need to do. No, 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 no. I'm not going to do these things. Well, this is the recommendation. This is how you get there. And when I left, I was like, if you do one thing, Mm -hmm. just if I can get you to do one thing, please just let's just change the position of your bed. You're sleeping in your bed. You're not healthy. You're unhappy. Things aren't going your way. Let's just test one thing and see how that goes. And, you know, there was the one thing I could sort of, she's like, I left. She's like, well, maybe I'll think about it. Three days later, she called me okay, I moved my bed. I had the best night's sleep I've had in five years in this house. What's next? So like all of a sudden she sort of felt that shift for herself and experienced it for herself and was ready to do more. And her life is now over the years is totally transformed. I usually work with my clients over time. Mm -hmm. So I um, it's not like a feng shui one and done experience because we're talking about energy that moves all the time. And so these are just some examples of how I work with clients over time. Well, I think that is super cool. I mean, so,
2: let me ask you: What exactly? Um, all right. So, what are some of you mentioned some of those like a list of things to do, right? So, if someone's just kind of getting into this and doesn't know if this is right for them, is there kind of like a list that they can take a look at? Like, how do I know if this is something that maybe I want to call you for, or it's a good time to,
0: you know, implement this practice? Like, how do you know? Is are there some questions you should ask yourself? Um, I think that one of the first things to ask is, do I even want to learn it, right? Because this is a deep practice. Do I want to pick up a book and try to do it myself? Is that worth my time? Um, It's sort of like, do I want to be my own lawyer in in a case? Like, do I want to sit down in front of a bunch of law books and see if I can figure that out? And do I want to do it myself? That would be the first thing, right? And the second thing to do is if you don't want to do it yourself to start talking with a variety of different people, understanding what they do, what they don't do, what you're understanding, what your goals are. And then when you know what your goals are and you find somebody who can support you, then you can see if that's a fit. Cause for me, fit is really important. Like I, people talk to me about really important, intimate things going on in their lives. You need to be able to trust that person. Um, so those would be the three things I would encourage people to start with. And I, perhaps the most important is, do you have a goal? Because calling of your feng shui practitioner to say, come make my life better and not be involved in the process doesn't help you and it doesn't help the practitioner either.
2: And what if somebody wanted to take a step on their own right now, just to kind of like, is there something that they could do right now just to kind of like, boy, with this idea?
0: Yeah. So I mentioned that the concept in feng shui is emptiness versus fullness and mm-hmm. I really think that in, in the United States, we have a lot of space. First of all, we have a lot of space and we have a lot of stuff. Mm -hmm. And I really think that we need to deal with in order to harmonize your surroundings. If you want to feel a sense of empowerment, if you want to feel a sense of well being and confidence to surround yourself with your, in, in your home, you need to deal with your clutter. Mm -hmm. Clutter is a very common topic that is discussed on social media and, and things that we see in terms of what to do or where to start. We have so much stuff. And, yeah. and proportionally in the United States, our spaces are gigantic compared to the way they are in Europe and, and Asia. We have huge spaces. Energy flows where your focus goes. And clutter is and largely a psychological issue at the core because mm-hmm. it can be extreme hoarding. If you think about the booming industries in the United States, it's actually storage.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: We have so much stuff comparatively that, and we don't have a, a relationship with it. We have to rent a space down the street to store it, to keep us feeling like we have enough in the world or that right. we need more material things. We don't see it. We don't look at it. We don't have a relationship with it. Maybe we go visit it once a year. And my perspective is that in order to keep the positive energy flowing in a, ho- in a house, you need to create a pathway for the energy to flow. And it can be that your furniture is too big for the space I've definitely said to people on numerous occasions, you need to eliminate a third of the stuff in your house as if you were getting it ready for sale. You don't need all this stuff. You just don't need it. And when you can create an environment that has a free flow of energy where there's light and space and it's, and I don't mean cleanliness like dust, I mean like free of extra stuff, then then you can have more of what you want in your life. And, And a way to do this is sort of to, ask yourself is it unused is it broken is it non-working that's a good place to start
1: go yeah. I, I mean I always say I have clutter blindness like when there's too much stuff like even on the kitchen counter or wherever like I feel very anxious stressed out and I can't find anything yeah. you know but I'm a minimalist so i like I throw away like everything I right can't. and I'm a hoarder Okay. Yeah.
0: And so somewhere in between there is the truth, right? And yeah. I'm <laughs> probably in between, right? I have a counter full of sh- stuff or receipts mm-hmm. and stuff. And, and I look at it and I'll walk by and i like, I should really clean that. And there's this mm-hmm. psychological issue. Like I should really tidy this up. Yeah. And not everybody's like that. Plus people have children and families and yeah. jobs. And sometimes cleaning mm-hmm. that corner is not someone's priority. Yeah. And that's mm-hmm. fine until you get to a place in your life where you feel so out of balance
2: Mm -hmm.
0: where you start to feel guilty about looking at that thing. Like I now I've been looking at that thing for six months, that cabinet, that desk, that room for six months, and I haven't touched it. Mm -hmm. And so the way to do it is to really just tackle it, doing it. I call it trash bag therapy. So it's like, Mm -hmm. the first thing that you do is figure out, should I keep it? Is it functional? Do I love it? Am I using it? Does it make my life better? Great. We'll, we'll keep it. Then there's the, it's not working. It's it's not functional. It's in disrespect. It's just disrepair. It makes you feel uh-huh. guilty if you're, you have it or you look at it. If it's something from an old relationship that doesn't bring up good feelings, that can all go. It can be reused. It can be regifted recycled, donated. Then there's a sort of dodgy pile where you, you pick it up and you're like, I don't know, maybe someone will be upset if I give this away. And, you know, maybe, or maybe I might use it one day. And, and if, if, if I give it away, oh. the minute I give it away, I'm going to need it. And yeah, but this, if you
1: haven't used it in a year or whatever, it's, guess what? You're probably never using that. And, and yeah, uh, My
0: rule is shorter. My rule is six yeah. months. Like This yeah. indecision area, put it in a box, mark a date on it, set your calendar for six months on your, your calendar for, for an alarm for six months, and go back to that box. If you have not opened that box in six months, you do not need it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you don't need it. It's not a need. Right. right? It really is not a need. Yeah. And so I, I applaud you for saying a year in my world, it's six months. Yeah. <laughs> I, yeah. I need I, the energy to move faster.
1: Yeah. I have this theory. Your garage is for your car, not for you to store crap in. <laughs> <Yeah>. Right.
0: <laughs> oh gosh. I'm guilty, of, <laughs> I'm guilty of storing boxes. So because yeah. we moved a whole lot, I will be like, oh, this device came in this really cool box with all this great packing material. So when I move, I'm going to need this empty mm-hmm. box to put it back in. This is my, I mean, this is the secret about your functionary practitioner. That's my thing. I have empty boxes
1: in the yeah. I, well, even like even where i have storage like this is like i put up shelving like industrial shelving so that way even the storage is sort of like organized into mm-hmm. areas because even sometimes when you do go look for that item you need every you know three years or whatever the case is where the hell is it you know and then you you know i don't i don't like spending hours trying to find something you know it should be right. readily available if you're really going to use it so right
0: Yes, this is why in in, in my home, I'm I, we just celebrated our anniversary yesterday. So in my home, it's honey, where's the blah blah blah? It's like I have a mental category of where everything mm-hmm. is. He just asked me where it is and I know exactly where it is because I'm <laughs> there. So I understand what you're saying, and not everyone's like that. And so part of my yeah. role is to understand where, you know, meeting people where they're at because they mm-hmm. might have inherited. I have a client who inherited a whole estate from his family, and his whole garage was full of everything from his grandparents and everything from the estate and just mm-hmm. was paralyzed with, but this is family stuff. What do I do with it? I, I mean, mm-hmm. no one's looking at it. I'm not using it and needed to uh, shift some things energetically so that he could get things moving. So we did that. Mm-hmm. So it happens where it, it's yeah. just not, it's not just your stuff, right? It's, yeah. you know, I have six brothers and sisters and I have a whole estate and what do I do with this?
2: I saved wine glasses. I don't drink. And um, I have a big box of wine glasses from my grandmother um, and I've moved it now three times. This Still big box? box. Yes. This yeah. big box of wine glasses. And so my husband's like, can we get rid of these wine glasses? Like maybe you want to get them to of your sister or someone. Like, do we need really wine
1: glasses? Yeah.
2: Yeah. Like, do we really need this box? And we just move it from house to we just keep moving the box, you know? And it's like grandma's wine glasses. <laughs> and I don't need them. There's like 32 of them. I even if I needed I them, I wouldn't need 32 of them, right? so um, yeah i I just move it with me because it's got the sentimental value, and uh, I think at some point, maybe when my sister gets a house she'll she'll take them i i will I will park with them, so I will store them until then. <laughs> At least i just here, don't know that if I really wanted them, she's there and still have them.
1: <laughs> but here, but here's the thing, right? So if you have something that has value, whether it's sentimental value or real value, like those wine glasses are worth, you know, money, right? Why not? No, but I'm just saying, why not? Like if you're not using them. Why not pass them on, whether you're selling them or giving them away to someone who a- is actually going to enjoy them and use them? Like, I hate when I have stuff that has value that I know I'm not using. So I'll try to either pass it on to someone or, you know, because it just, first of all, it makes me feel better because it's not in my way. The clutter <laughs> is like, it's like baggage, honestly, like having a lot of stuff is like, you know, carrying around.
0: You get to move the box at the end of the Yeah, time exactly. <laughs> It might not be your flavor, right? It might not be your style. So these glasses may have been beautiful in the forties or fifties or whenever they were made, or they might not actually have a lot of value for a long list of reasons. It might have value. Maybe the compromise, maybe the middle ground is I save 12 because maybe the most people I'm going to have in my house for a party is 12 people. (laughs) And maybe my sister wants the other one. So so then we can share the love and then your box is not quite as big.
1: Because your only other option is store them in your garage and get a rental space. <laughs> They're
0: in, my garage.
2: They're in my garage. Yes. Like every time we move, he's like, Can we please get rid of this box? <laughs> no, no. Those are grandmas. He's like, Did she bring them from Italy on a boat in the water? Why do we need them? I'm like, maybe
0: she might have. <laughs> <laughs> Most Gen Xers don't want and Gen Z, you know, people don't want their family stuff they you know really? they they really want the stuff that's like on their devices they they mm-hmm. you know they, they, that's how they want to connect with people they don't want material things and so yeah. it's getting wow. harder for for that generation to be to to accept those kinds of material things because they don't want them so my sister's really not going to want these glasses. Issue. Is it's possible,
1: so, right? I mean, it's it's interesting because we we've talked about this before. Like I'm like with physical things, I am completely like a minimalist, but I can consider myself a digital hoarder. I like hoard so much stuff digitally. It's like insane because it's easy, you know, and it's not clutter in your physical environment. You know, sometimes you need to find stuff, and you're like. Oh man, which external device is this on? But you know, <laughs> but other than that, you know, you're it's I don't know. I, I guess it, it is it's interesting that you bring that up. Yeah. You know?
0: Well, we're now in an age where information is so much more readily available. So it makes sense that you would want to store information. I'm guilty of that too. Like there's another secret about your function practitioner. I have many external devices with trainings and yep. sessions and materials and books and Mm-hmm. I mean, I think if I never collected another thing, I'd be busy for the next 40 years reading and right. watching and learning. And that's, a, and that's fine if it's on your device and you've got 10 of them and it's, in, it's okay. You know, I have yeah, a 2 terabyte drive.
1: Yeah.
0: Okay. That's different than the chi flow that is in your space and affecting you know the pile of stuff next to your bed that affects you from being able to sleep.
2: Well, here's my question with something like that. So like if you are a digital hoarder, right. Like could (laughs) something like that impact your um, work in in a sense? Like if you have all this stuff on your computer, right. And like things are, you can't find, like you can't find things. I mean, could that affect your flow too, even though it's in
0: this digital world? Of course, of course. And that's why there are Mm -hmm. professional organizers and people who will come into your computer and be like, now let's just name this whole thing this. And all of a sudden you're like, oh, I had no idea I should have done that. And that's so much easier. (laughs) There are people to do that, right? That's not necessarily something that I do in terms of the work that I do in feng shui. But absolutely, if you're going to be able to find something more easily and it's going to create a a flow and it's going to open things up in your mind, you're going to be able to feel a little bit more supported in being able to access the things that you need more readily. So Absolutely. It's just not classical feng shui. That's what you call a professional organizer for. It's going to be like the digital world of feng shui soon. Soon, you're going to have
2: this new uh, new spin, right?
0: Sure. That sounds great. I'm sure there's people out there who do it. It's just not me.
2: (laughs) Well, speaking of, where can we learn more about you and your work? And where can people come find you if they want to work with you?
0: So feng shui in motion, the website is fsinmotion.com. I'm also on Instagram and Facebook and uh, LinkedIn. Um, I offer consultations for residences and businesses so residential and business consultations I also practice, I mentioned before Chinese astrology so I do um, four pillars of destiny readings um, I also do a couple of divination systems that help people answer big questions so if you're like should I move what's happening with this relationship I just went through a whole situation with a client of mine who had a thing going on at her work and she wasn't figuring out what was going on and wanted to know like what is going on behind the scenes so we did a whole reading about What was happening behind the scenes and help her get some clarity. That's an amazing service. I also make personalized calendars for my clients. So based on your four pillars of destiny, can make a personal calendar for the whole year, so you can identify the timing of when to do things, when to take action on wealth-related activities. If you're trying to do something around being recognized, if you're running a class or you're you know doing something important, signing contracts. Um, Date selection is extremely important. So that's also something that I do in my my practice and also speaking. So speaking workshops, I do training. Um, So if people are interested in learning a little bit about feng shui or Chinese astrology, those are classes that I offer. Um, I will be running some additional uh, courses this year. And because we're still in the middle of a pandemic, they're all online. So you can do it at the comfort of your home. You don't have to feel like you have to fly across the world to go learn something. You can learn right from your home. Um, So that's how people find me.
2: Awesome. Well, thank you. You're super cool, Jillian. Thank you so much. (laughs) We really appreciate you kicking off the day like this. So thank you. And we will put all those links in in the description for everybody so you can get there easily.
0: Great. Thanks for having me. It was a great conversation.